in the sessions that we've been in, um, there's just been a lot of people willing to listen, and it's not your cliche, like, tell me your ideas, I want to hear you out. It's really like, let's sit down and build and converse together and actually do something. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today I'm here with Kendra, who is an important part of our podcast team and who is based out in Boston. How are you doing, Kendra? I'm doing well. I'm at home today. Uh, My husband is home. My child is home. Um, And out of an abundance of caution, we're hanging out here um, because of the coronavirus and trying to figure out how to be in this new reality. Yeah, totally. I think we were just talking about how it's kind of weird, you know, you try to do as much as you can to be safe, but also like have some normal things in life. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is we're doing our podcast introduction right now while we're kind of isolated. (laughs) (laughs) But we're connected this way. How are you, Biba? Yes. I'm okay. I'm I'm doing well. It's nice to be able to connect with people over technology because I do miss seeing people face to face. Um and seeing friends, you know, things have been canceled and we're all just trying to be cautious, especially in New York where it's like a germ fest all the time anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I want to shout out... Just trying um, to be careful without being hysterical. <laughs> I think that's the balance I'm trying to hit here. That's a healthy balance. Um, I want to shout out the Healing cool. Justice podcast that did a wonderful, really supportive couple of podcasts in the last week about, um, you know, uh, really lifting up disabled folks and folks with chronic illness as folks with tremendous mm. expertise and also just inviting us to use everything we know about how to stay calm and take care of ourselves, um, which we've, a lot of us have been practicing for a super long time. Um, but to bring that to this current moment. Yeah. Thank you. We can link that in the notes and hopefully in the description when we, um, put this out. Oh, great. And this is just another reason why you're such an invaluable part of the team. Um, I think that you just always bring so many new things to the table for us and our so great at connecting. So since folks haven't officially met you at home, would you mind telling people a little bit about yourself and why you got involved in the podcast team? Yeah. Um, Well, my name is Kendra and I live here in Boston now. I lived for 10 years in Seattle, Washington, and I grew up Mm. all over the United States. And I live with my husband and my eight-year-old child who got to come to Free Minds this year and was so excited. He went to his first workshop and he knows that mommy does workshops for her work and he got so excited. Um, (laughs) Shout out to all the people who did the Young Activists um, programming because we were just blown away. Um, So good. And the, the work that I do in my professional life Um, is as an early childhood educator and a support person for early childhood educators. And the work that I do comes from this place in Italy called Reggio Emilia. And um, the after World War II, the people in Reggio Emilia, the teachers and also the families said, you know, how do we prevent fascism after World War II? And they decided that they needed to open a school for the youngest children. And um, after so much conversation, they decided that Mm. they needed to teach children to have critical thinking, to be able to work collectively Mm. and to appreciate beauty. And so those are really the the kinds of um, teaching and learning that I've always learned how to do. And a big part of that is documenting the learning and teaching that's happening. Mm. So that's a practice that I've always had from the very beginning of my career as a teacher is uh-huh. it's almost uh-huh. it's almost like you have to show the, the the learner what they're learning in order for it to count in some way. And so documentation awesome. in general is really important to me. And 
Um, then I just, I'm a total podcast nerd. I love learning about the world through people's voices. So, um, and it's, and it's, it seems like it's a, it's a, we, we have different thoughts, you and I, like anybody, when we talk to each other, than when we, when I write to you, you know, yeah. when I write something. So, um, I really like, um, engaging this particular kind of thinking that we get to do when we're in the podcast. So that's why I'm, and also, and then, um, I got to meet you right when we got to the organizing team. Um, I got to meet you and yeah. Jamie the first night and that was so exciting. And then MK, um, was such a dynamic force from like across the room, the first day of the organizing yeah. meeting. Um, and Mariana was there. And so just, that was the other part of it was like the idea of getting to work with, um, with you all. Um, Brian, I didn't get to meet you then, but, um, <laughs> but just that, just that, that <laughs> chemistry was like, oh yes, whatever these people are doing, I want in. Yeah. Yeah. And man, like you bringing that love for, and the skills for documenting, I think just made a huge difference this summer while you were out there. Um, and so, you know, part of the reason why we wanted to do this introduction with you is because before our interview, um, before sharing our interview with you, Brock, um, we wanted to spend a little time with you about what you did this summer at the conference for the podcast. Um, you know, in the last episode, we were talking with Susan about um, the 12 Years Free exhibit, which was, you know, the podcast home base during the conference. But, um, you know, for those of you who were at the conference, you probably noticed Kendra walking around um, with her mic and recording equipment equipment, um, and collecting sounds and voices from people who didn't necessarily stop by the booth. And uh, when I was thinking about just talking with you, I was like, she was like our field correspondent, <laughs> even though we were kind of all on site together. But that's totally how I thought about you because you were so mobile um, and you just, you know, you provided us with so many folders of like just clips of things that were happening at the conference that, you know, if you weren't, oh, it sounds like New York City traffic, um, <laughs> like if you um, weren't at the conference, you could get a feel for what was happening in the room or what was happening outside um, the meeting spaces or even during a workshop. And so it was just so important, I think, to have you there. So I wanted to ask you what you were hoping to accomplish while sort of doing the roaming work um, at FMFP. You basically just described it. Um, but like, you know, so the first time <laughs> the first time I went to um, FMFP was in Providence, my hometown. And um, that was in 2011. And... I was, I knew from growing up there, from being a young person in Providence, not that mm -hmm. long before, um, how much youth activism, like I was um, a member of Youth Pride Rhode Island in the 90s. Um, and we, mm -hmm. you know, did a lot of safer sex education with young people. And, and, um, mm -hmm. and so I knew that that existed. And then to see that held up the way that I did when I went to Free Minds, um, was unlike anything I had ever seen, you know, and I think a lot of people huh. who've been to Free Minds talk about that, you know, but just to see um, young people weren't an add on and it wasn't a, like a nod or like, you know, like uh. counselors in training, you know, these were people who were running sessions who were clearly authorities, yeah. um, and who were just being like held and supported. And that's, I, it's a really, really special thing to have an, uh, an event so big, hold on to that. And so, um, there are so many people uh. in my life that I meet who I, try to explain what this conference is like. And I definitely felt like walking around with a microphone. I could offer people who'd never been to the conference a little bit of that, you know, cause I'm like, oh. so I would walk up to people, you know, young people who are like chewing gum, like playing on their phones, like braiding the, each other's hair, <laughs> like, you know, eating tacos, you know, whatever, just like sitting, just chilling out. And then I'd say like, can I interview you? And then this tremendous wisdom would come out of every single one. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. what is it that you do? And they'd like, just start explaining this incredibly crucial work that they were doing in this really novel, supportive, community-minded way. Um, and that had been my experience of being at the conference was just like striking up mm. a conversation in line for the food truck, you know? And you're just gonna be like, oh, oh wow. 
And so I know that, yeah. you know, you can't be everywhere at this kind of conference, right? Like presenters or like, you know, I know that I got to go to way more workshops than you did um, because of the role that you play, yeah. right? And so some people get to go to more workshops. Some people get to have more of those conversations outside because they don't go to the workshops and they chill longer at lunch, yeah. you know? Um, and so yeah. I just wanted to be able to offer a wider range of people's um, experiences um, on the podcast. Yeah, and you so did. I really love how you thought about it from the perspective of like folks who haven't been able to be there. Like, how can you give them another picture of what it's like? Because, you know, I've been going to this conference for so long and it's just you want folks to come because it's just so amazing. And so what else can you do to <laughs> sort yes. of lure them into the dopeness that is the conference? Yes. This is so great that we have all of this. And to get through people's um, idea of what a conference that, is. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, to get through everybody's idea of what a conference is, you know, because like mm. everybody has their own idea. When I say that I'm going to a, a conference, everybody has their own idea of what that means. Um, and some yeah. of those ideas yeah. can be barriers, you know? So then it's occasionally where I'm like, oh, like I was in Baltimore yeah. and then they had this incredible hip hop artist and they're like, oh, like that kind of conference, you know, or like yeah. um, anything like that, you know, that you can offer people that, that, that sort of upsets their, whatever their barriers are, their understanding of what this could be. Um, and I also thought about being, you know, being at that organizing conference, uh, the, the organizers group the year before, um, yeah. the conference, um, just that sense of like the of potentiality, you know, of, yeah. of like, we don't, yeah. we, yeah. we kind of know what it's going to be, but we also kind of don't know what it's going to be. And I right. think capturing some of that, like the idea that like, if, if only we had had more tape from, from Baltimore, right. Which was like such a vibrant, yeah. amazing, but a really different tone, you know? Um, totally. And so totally. like, I love yeah. the idea of like, along with Susan's incredible work with 12 years free, I love the idea mm -hmm. of being able to listen to these different conferences and get the sense that they're different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, it's not just a talk necessarily. Right. It's not, not just, I shouldn't say that because a lot of work goes into it. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's just different aspects of what we're doing in the space. Yeah. Um, you, you describe it so, so, like with so much detail with young people eating tacos or braiding each other's hair. So I was curious, what was the energy that you encountered over like the three and a half days and while you were out and about and, and were there any interviews, sites or sounds that really stood out to you while you were sort of on the road? Oh yeah. Um, let's see. You know, one thing that I noticed listening, um, back, you know, it hasn't been that long, but it's been long enough that the, that, um, mm -hmm. listening to it is a little different and you can hear the change from, um, the tape that was like the early time of the conference where it's like, what are you hoping? You know, and there's this like per, um, anticipation. I think it's going to be like yeah. this, you know, I'm hoping to do this. And then like yeah. in the midst of it, people are like, oh, this is what's happening. You know, and you could sort of, I, mm. I, I felt like people sort of settled into it. Um, so that was part of the energy, um, the kinship mm. night, I think, um, that was incredible because the art that was there on the walls, like the photographs that these young people, um, took, there's a, a photo exhibit. And then I got to ask, um, the artists some questions. Um, and there was this one, one moment where like, I had just been, I spent a long time looking at this, you know, one set of photographs. And then I asked this young woman, so, you know, why are you here? What are you up to? And she's like, oh, I took those pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just such a fangirl oh. moment. <laughs> um, it was, oh, cool. it was just really cool, you know, so, cause you, you know, you spend time looking at a gallery and, um, yeah. it was just really exciting. And, and it's so, yeah, so that was a moment that really stood out to me. And then another moment was, um, talking to some um debate students who were there from a local debate camp and um, oh. there was a young woman who just talked about um what debate she was a young black woman talking about mm -hmm. being in the debate space and sort of oh. saying you know oh. that there are certain skills that debate gives everybody in terms of making an argument yeah. and it's super competent and there's a lot of competition but then she sort of talks about mm. being who she is and bringing who she is and how that transforms the debate space. Um, 
And she just, it just, it was incredible listening to her talk about mm. that. At the beginning, she was like, well, I'm just a learning counselor. Like I just finished doing debate camp and this is my first year teaching. And so she sort of started out oh, wow. that way. And then by the end, um, she was really, I mean, it was incredible. Um, so those were two moments that, uh, that really stood out to me, but there were so many that I, I got to talk to so many incredible yeah. people. There was a moment where like <laughs> I was interviewing these um, these young activists outside. And then, um, I was there with my son and like, he'd just finally gotten his sandwich and the wind like blew and he dropped his sandwich and all these no, wonderful no. people were, like, I said, Oh, I'm sorry. You know? And they were like, no problem. And they all ran to like rescue the sandwich with me. Um, so that was another, <laughs> oh my um, you know, another just people taking care of each other, moment. collective care, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. And you know, I'm a little—I will admit—I'm I'm a little jealous because you were so you were able to collect so many young people's voices, and you know, we we tried so hard. I think since like the beginning of FMSP to center the voices of young people, to get them involved, to get them engaged. And, um, you know, I, I can't say that I spent that much time at the conference, like having so many, as many conversations as you did with some of the young folks. Yeah. So we're so excited to share this, um, with everyone. Um, so I'm curious if you have any last thoughts you want to share with the folks at home. I don't think so. I just, um, so much gratitude for getting to be a part of this project, um, the podcast project and free minds in general. I think that's, that's it. And just, um, I think just that this, you know, the other thing I would want to add is that this podcast can give you so much hope, you know, like you and I were just talking about, this is such a weird time. And then you sit down and you listen to young people who just are doing they're not just sort of idealistic or hopeful about the future. They're doing the work in the present that, um, yeah. that honors who they are and what they need. And, um, they just have so much wisdom. So I think this really is medicine, um, right now at a time when we might be feeling isolated to be able to listen yeah. to these young people who are so connected to one another. Um, and, and even in a time and a place where we were all together in this huge group, um, I think it's really feels good. Yeah. So do you want to tell the folks at home a little bit about this interview? Maybe sure. we should have done that before we go into our reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so in this episode, MK sat down with Youth Rock, a community-connected youth research team, and they work out of North Minneapolis. The work they do supports the growth of youth participatory action research, which they you'll hear them refer to as YPAR. They're working to develop a public accessible space committed to youth, kinship, and action in the Robert J. Jones Urban Research and Outreach Engagement Center, which is UROC, at the University <laughs> of Minnesota. Um, so you found these beautiful words um, on their website from uh, their guiding tenets from their elder, Dr. Josie R. Johnson. And maybe we'll just finish with those words. For, no. the, for the ancestors who struggled for me, for the future generations for whom I struggle, always in love and always for justice. No better way to end yeah. <laughs> or to begin, I should say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Let's listen to you. Thank you talk. for taking the time. My pleasure, Biba. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. And we hope you guys all enjoy listening to this interview. Yeah. My name is Kendra. Um, I'm a preschool teacher from Boston. Um, and I'm on the Free Minds, Free People National Planning Committee this year. Um, what's your name? Um, my name is Asha. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Asha. I'm Mona. Mona? Mm -hmm. Nice to meet you. Um, what brings you to Free Minds, Free People? <laughs> Can you start with that? Um, so we were here the last time this convention happened at Baltimore two years ago. And the experience was absolutely amazing. And we just had to come again, so. 
Yes, I was there. It was incredible. Um, I have never been in a conference outside of the New England area. I've myself ran like a conference. I don't know if you've heard of the one in Bangor with um, Mayan, Main Youth Action Network. So I just wanted to experience a different like a different type of conference because the ones I've been to were kind of smaller than this and like we're focusing on different issues and I just wanted to experience a different type of conferences and like learn more. Cool and what do you hope you're going to see here today or what do you think what do you hope you're going to get from Free Minds? I think I'm going to see a lot of like a bigger diverse of a group and I'm hoping that I would learn a lot from them. Um, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to teach. I'm here to learn. Wonderful. And um, we're talking a lot, of, you know, a lot of us have been sort of resisting the world that we live in and um, pushing against what we know is wrong. But what do you, what do you think about building a new world? So, um, like, what does it take to build a new world that has the things that we want in it? Um, I definitely say that the younger generations should have more of an opinion on the new world because it affects them more. And um, I think that is just surfacing diverse ideas and having giving that free space to like give everyone that free idea or like that freedom of thought or speech and that can affect their community so definitely like speaking out to the youth is a really important one um yeah i definitely agree that i think the youth should be more involved but i also think that the adults need to support us a little bit more um and i think people should be a little bit more open-minded and like just accept that sometimes change is not going to happen whenever you want it to happen but like you just have to keep pushing and eventually will happen. Mm -hmm. And what does support look like for you? Like what does adult support of youth look like? I mean it varies depending on what the topic is I guess but it like in some forms it could be just like stepping back and not saying anything but sometimes you know I might need an adult to like support me, stand by me against another adult maybe if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Can you all just lean in and say free minds, free people for me? Free, free minds, free people. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Why are you here tonight? Um, I'm from an organization in Philadelphia called Youth United for Change. Nice. And, uh, and what are you all doing here this weekend? Um, we're meeting with the Free Minds, Free People Conference, um, talking about education justice, learning from each other's practices, our mistakes, just lifting each other up and giving each other support. Cool, yeah, you're in the right place for sure. Um, so uh, what kind of work have you done with, what's it called, Youth United for Change? What kind of work have you done with them? Um, we're currently working on a mental health campaign um, in Philadelphia public high schools. Um, we don't get enough mental health support in schools at all. And we recognize that schools also sometimes worsens our mental health. Um, so we're asking our school board to um, put in policies that will help uplift students instead of breaking them down. Yes, thank you, that's awesome. Do you have any um, hopes for something that you hope happens at the weekend or are you just gonna, what do you, what do you think is gonna happen this weekend? Um, I'm not exactly sure, but I just want to meet a lot of amazing people, get to network, um, you yeah, find people who are like-minded. Can you tell me what your name is? Rennie Smith. Okay, and where are you from? New York City. Cool, and why are you here at Free Minds for People? Well, I'm here with my aunt, and I also helped a little bit to set up the um, 12 Years Free exhibit. Awesome, thank you. This exhibit is fantastic. What do you think about it? Well, I think it turned out really, really well, and I'm really happy about how it turned out and how descriptive it was. Nice. Yeah. Um, and what, can you put this a little closer to your mouth? So okay. what have you been doing since you got here? Well, I've been, um, I got here on Tuesday, and I was working here until, um, Friday when I went started going to the workshops, which were really nice. Nice. What workshop did you go to yesterday? Um, yesterday, uh, I forgot the name of the workshop. That's okay. So. You can tell me what it's about. Well, um, it was it was the one that was not about writing letters, and what it was a creative writing one. Oh, yeah, nice. creative writing. So, what creative writing did they talk about? What did they do? Well, we did a lot of different things. Like we wrote stories about. Um, like um, different assumptions, like we had to write about assumptions people made, times we were d misunderstood and stuff like that. And I felt like it was a really good experience. And wow, I'm, that sounds um, really deep. What kind of yeah. assumptions were you talking about? Well, a lot of them, I didn't really need to be that deep. And I feel like a, not a lot of people made assumptions about me. So she said they could just be things that are obvious. So I just wrote down, it takes a long time to do my hair because it does. Uh-huh. 
And yeah. so, yeah, that's what I wrote down. Cool, and what did you do today? Um, today I went to, I think it was called Rise Up, um, the workshop. That was a really good one, too. It was probably one of my favorites. What did, they do? what did you do there? Well, we um listen. We did a we listened to a video. We read a book. We did a little bit of drawing, and yeah. Yes, what did you draw? Well, for me, since she said we wouldn't, she asked us to draw about um what we imagine the future being like. So I drew a lesbian couple. Nice. And what book did you all read? Um, uh, I forgot what it was called. Have you read that book? No. What was it about? It was basically about different ways that you can stand out for your rights. Like from boycotting to um, spreading the word around to um, doing protests. Oh, was it called um, The Wedding Portrait? No. But I think it was something about like nonviolent ways to um, like get your penny. I forgot what it was called. Though. That's cool. Um, what do you think you're going to do for the rest of the weekend? For the rest of the weekend, oh, I think, um, wait, today, what day is today? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, so I think I'm going home tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. Cool. Because I got something, because I have to be somewhere on Monday. Right on. Well, can mm. you say free minds, free people for me? Free minds, free people. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was awesome. Why are you here tonight? I'm here with my crew uh, at the Kitty Anderson Youth Science Center, and I work on the media and set crew, and we're here displaying our photos. Okay, and uh, did you take some of these photos? Uh, yes, I took the two behind me. Oh, wonderful, the one called Colorism. About my natural hair. Wonderful, I read that one extensively, and then I got interrupted. Yeah. This was incredible. Um, what do you know about Free Minds, Free People? Free Minds, Free People, well, I've been on the Youth Organizing Committee, and I've been working about different events to bring the youth together, like tomorrow we're having a luncheon. And so I know this uh, conference is about education liberation, and I've seen a couple of the workshops, and I think it's, gonna, it's truly amazing. Nice, and what do you what do you think it means to like build another world? To build another world? Yeah, like, you know, like, so we're so busy working against something all the time, like what does it look like to build the world that we want to live in? Uh, I think that's hard, because you know, like you said, we're so used to like continuously always fighting these systems of oppression, but I think to build another world, I guess we would have to, I don't know, learn new ways of how to do that. Because I think it's hard to like create, recreate a system that's been in place for so long. So I think, I don't know, I guess you have to be really optimistic to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Cool, can you just say free minds, free people for me? Yeah, free minds, free people. Thank you so much, Sarah, I really appreciate it. What's up, y'all? My name is Farima Porkorshid, and I'm hella proud to be a board member for the Education for Liberation Network. I think one of the things I feel most inspired by is just the countless ways that those in the National Ed Lib Network and family continue to resist by reimagining, building, and really sustaining spaces for the teaching and learning of freedom. It's through our local community work as well as our collective national work that we remain committed to our shared imagination for a more loving and humanizing world and for education as a site of revolutionary possibility. But for us to do that work, we do need people to help sustain us financially. Please consider donating to our independent organization. We are not owned by a foundation, a corporation, or any institution. And it's this very independence that allows our work to be driven by the priorities of grassroots educators, activists, and youth. And we're able to actively create space for local work to have a national impact. You can become a monthly sustainer, or you could just make a one-time donation at www edliberation.org we cannot do this work or even this podcast without your support and we just thank you in advance for any donation that you're able to give we appreciate y'all so much
Welcome to Free Minds, Free People. Um, I am here with the youth researchers um, and adult supporters from Youth Rock. Um, and so I am going to just pop off and start by asking, what is your name, uh, who are you, and who are your people? Um, I'm Shaughnessy, and I'm a youth researcher for Youth Rock. And um, my people will be my family, my mom, my sisters, um, my nieces, um, my friends, and my coworkers. Um, my name is Amina. I'm also a youth researcher at Youth Rock. Um, I would say my people are my family, most definitely. Um, even though I don't know all of them, obviously, other activists I feel like are always my people. And Northsiders. And I'm Abby, uh, and I work at Youth Rock with Youth Research Development. Um, my people across the Twin Cities are education activists, um, whether we know each other. Close or far. All right. Um, 
So y'all, uh, what have you learned because of Free Minds Free People? Um, I would say one of the things that stuck with me, it was from the conference in Baltimore two years ago, and um, um, one of the speakers talked, um, two of the speakers, they talked about um, the intersectionality of like mental illness and police brutality, and they listed like um, some of the recent um, shootings of black individuals by police officers that those people suffered from, well didn't suffer because you don't suffer from a mental illness, but had a mental illness. And um, that usually, that um, when you look at the data of people who are killed by police, there's some type of mental illness involved in their life and how um, when we're doing this work um, for Black Lives Matters and police brutality that we must start looking at intersections of other uh, marginalized identities within those works. I would say, oh, are you finished? No, yeah, I'm done. I would say the biggest thing I've learned so far, and I don't know if it's learning it or just being reminded of it, but how important self-care is in this work. And I mm -hmm. think it was Stephanie this morning when she just asked, like, how is your spirit doing? That really mm -hmm. stuck with me because it got me thinking, like, how is my spirit doing? Um, and just got me thinking about how you really can't step into the role of, doing social justice work completely until you check in with yourself and make sure that you're well. Mm -hmm. And that just, that is what I've been thinking about this whole time. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's the most important thing. And also just how important loving on the people around you are, because it's one of those things where when you get busy and you focus on what you're doing, it's really easy to just forget to check in with the people, mm -hmm. your people. And now I'm going to go home and like get some sleep, take a bath and check in with my people. And that's going to be my, my activism for the day. So I'm going to be working on myself. So. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. They're like, please text me where you are. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, um, yo, what are you enjoying? Like what is nourishing you at this conference right now? Um, I would say it's hard to name the vibe of the conference, but like just the, I think the hard focus on like what Amina talked about self-care is always wonderful in spaces because like I think there's tendencies to like put all yourself out there in activism and like not check in with yourself and like just give all that you can for the cause, which is important, but it's also important to pull back and like process for yourself, a mm -hmm. process that you're healing. And in the assertion of healing as a radical act is, like, I love that about this conference and that it focuses on it and spe speaks it into the room. Mm -hmm. as, um, as young people in this space, like, what has, what elements of this space has helped make this space feel like home for you? People's ability and willingness to listen. A lot of the time, people are focused on sharing and giving and just talking a lot. And it's in the sessions that we've been in, um, there's just been a lot of people willing to listen. And it's not your cliche, like, tell me your ideas. I want to hear you out. It's really like, let's sit down and build and converse together and actually do something. And that's been really cool because it's not common mm -hmm. and it feels like all the people that are willing to listen kind of like got all in the same place <laughs> like there's not a lot of people but there is a lot of people at the same time um and so in this space since baltimore and this morning um have you gotten a chance to develop or build forge new relationships from you know folks in both the lo our local context and in other places Mm -hmm. um, also, yeah, um, I've met with some of the people on the Free Minds, Free People Youth Track that I did not know existed, but, um, and I've gotten into contact with them and um, doing that, you know, networking thing, and um, that was great. Uh, and then, you know, talking to other people that are, like, from, uh, like, all over the place. Like, I talked to a woman yesterday from Las Vegas and we talked about like the similarities and differences to like what 
um, I'm trying to figure out what um, what people from a town or city like navigate in what's a good area to be in, what's a bad area to be in, as as opposed to like being a tourist and not knowing. Mm -hmm. How y'all feeling? Feels good. It yeah. feels kind of good to be in this space right now, like this reflective space mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. With this rug. <laughs> this Asian mat. Yes. Specifically. Specifically. <laughs> um, damn, just like so many things. There's so many things. It's just like making that time and space to kind of mm -hmm. just sit. And that whatever comes up, comes up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like Abby. Yes, okay. I mean, we've been spending <laughs> like over a year mm -hmm. planning and building towards this moment together, right? right? And it's finally here. It is. It really <laughs> is. And people get to feel it. Yeah. You know, when you say the word conference, people don't understand until they're feeling it, mm -hmm. what this is. Mm -hmm. um, there were two people I talked to yesterday from Denver, and they were talking about how, oh, Denver's not ready for this. And when I said something about how, like there were two really consistent themes in talking to people from Minnesota about free minds. One was that we all were talking about our silos and how we're not often or always deeply interconnected. And two, we talked about people should not sleep on Minnesota, right? Because we also have really amazing things um, and opportunities here, like Brian's podcast, right? On fertile ground. Um, but the people from Denver were really surprised when I said, you know, like, this is not because we have this figured out, but we really wanted Free Minds here because we really felt like we needed it. Um, to create some of that coalescence and to build together and to be intentional and to see what comes anew out of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for young people in this space because I know they will take us to where we haven't yet imagined we could go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about that. I know this might be premature to ask, but... <laughs> You know, based on what you've been able to experience thus far, you know, um, organizing in Minnesota, doing research in Minnesota and in Twin Cities, um, and and participating in this space, this gathering space, um, you know, I'm just really excited about the stuff that you are able to imagine after experiencing some things that you are able to experience now, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as... I mean, Abby and I are old, <laughs> retired, and got multiple babies to take care of. <laughs> you know, um, I was like, we need y'all more than ever. Yes. Right? So, um, you know, just based on what you have inside of you right now, like, what are you imagining or what are you hoping, you know, for this space in the future? The thing that I imagine or I guess hope for the most right now is the reclamation of North Minneapolis as black spaces um, because it it just feels like I don't know how to put this but North Minneapolis is such a hub of like art and culture and love and just people and it's Everyone talks about the gentrification, but people don't always feel it. And it's really different actually feeling it and going through all the visceral emotions that come with watching things be taken away and transformed. And so um, right now I'm just imagining and thinking about like how we're going to do that. I think with Youth Rock, we're going to be able to do that kind of just like reclaim and we're not going to turn them back into what they were, but we're going to make them better for what needs to be there now, if that makes sense. Um, I'm just thinking about um, like the silos and not being interconnected and how also with the Youth Rock, we were adamant about having it be like a networking space with all the other youth orgs that are around the Twin Cities and 
really creating an area that is like an interconnected zone for youth and or youth organizers and activists to come and share their thoughts and share what they're doing and get information out. So that's what I'm thinking about how to really get that type of networking masterpiece together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a there's gonna be a youth plenary mm-hmm. tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, it's gonna be centered around the National Student Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. No, it is not. I think tonight is the assembly for the National Student. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you for but tomorrow that. morning, yeah, is the youth plenary or ethnic studies. That's right. With the, the student. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the plenary is going to be, or the it, folks from the Student Education Advancement Board are mm-hmm. going to kind of kick us off I right? think so. in this conversation about ethnic studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you going to, to tonight's National Student Bill of Rights Assembly? I actually can't make it tonight. Okay, it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. And um, you gonna make it to the plenary tomorrow? Yes, I am gonna be at the plenary. I'm so excited. Same as like about the same time as this morning. It's like nine or something. Five to one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we get to talk about ethnic studies right. in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and that's really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. That's actually been a, it's been a real consistent theme of our research also mm-hmm. um, at Youth Rock, even though we've been thinking about youth space and kinship and social action, um, but ethnic studies and black history has come up repeatedly, um, and somebody named it as we know we're not supposed to talk about this, and then we said we're supposed to talk about the conversation that is in the room. Um, and obviously that's the conversation that needs to happen because it's not mm-hmm. happening in so many spaces. Mm-hmm. What kind of conversations are you around and the ethnic studies or even other things, mm-hmm. but starting with ethnic studies, but uh, what kind of conversations are you excited to have with other young people, mm-hmm. both in um, your North Minneapolis context and across the Twin Cities and across the United States? Well, I'm looking forward to having conversations with people about how ethnic studies can really deconstruct the way classrooms work, because I feel like you can't mm teach ethnic studies in like Mm -hmm. your traditional classroom ways um the old people are like dancing (laughs) and i just think it's it's one of those things where if you're doing it the right way it's not going to be like your traditional classroom i know i took one class in high school that was almost ethnic studies Hmm. Hmm. what Mm -hmm. does that mean It was a history of race class, and we basically talked about, we, it actually, I don't think it was ethnic studies. I think it was more of like a class that was just about society. Like, I'm not sure, because it wasn't, we didn't really study cultures and people and anything individual like that. We just talked about the system, and it was really a class for, um, I went to an independent school in St. Paul, and it was really a class for my white peers to understand um, the system that they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of the conversations and that's where a lot of that work was, that's what was happening. Um, and I know the students of color in the class because we were um, we were really excited. We were like, we're about to learn about us. This is gonna be so dope. Um, we ended up teaching them about, um, and having conversations with them about like how they can see the system around them. And it was, it was good because we were all doing a YPAR project in that mm-hmm. process behind the scenes, and so we were able to take that information and actually use it. Mm-hmm. But um, it just had me thinking about if that class was, you know, like turned around, if there were majority people of color in the class, it could have gone really differently, and it wouldn't have been your regular sit-down class with a teacher talking at you. It would have been a really collaborative and um, equal experience, I think. I think about that a lot, and I want to have more conversations about how we can change the way classrooms actually feel through ethnic studies. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God, you got me thinking and imagining. Like, what if we? I don't know if y'all take MCA in high school too, right? Or no? Is no. It, uh, MCA yeah, up through tenth grade. Is that through really? grade? Oh wait, yeah, I think I did take one sophomore year. Yeah, that should be the last one. But yeah. I mean, MCA Minnesota has been a point of tension. Mm-hmm. You know, for my students, mm-hmm. teachers, mm-hmm. parents, curriculum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, a parent and I, a parent who, or Eric Valian, who I organized with, um, we were we imagined we were imagining um, our uh, a response mm-hmm. uh, to this MCA testing game, and we were imagining this uh, idea of actually creating our own MCAs, like it's like MCCA, the Minnesota <laughs> Cultural Competency Assessment. <laughs> And that uh, the questions that we develop uh, would, and who gets to design these MCCAs, right, would be our grandmothers and mm. our aunties. And and we would ask them in our mm-hmm. research, we would ask them what, like in Vietnamese, you know what I mean? If I were to do a Vietnamese MCCA, I'd be like, Grandma, what words are really important? Right for your children and your children's children, your children's children to like to preserve and protect, mm. you know. And these would be the things that we would be tested on: is yes. knowledge production and wisdom mm-hmm. that comes from our, you know, our, our cultural community, mm-hmm. and our languages, our languages. What are what are important practices, mm-hmm. ideas, belief systems, traditions? Mm-hmm. Do we need to protect and preserve mm-hmm. or uphold? And that that would be what our babies would be mm-hmm. tested on. Oh, two minutes. Okay. Um, so I would love to figure out. I would love to continue to imagine that stuff mm. with you. Uh, so I love that. Right. Thank you. Uh, what have so what's been your favorite memory of Free My Free People thus far? I'm going to say the kinship night. Um, I Even though I was stage managing majority of the night and I was ripping and running everywhere and making sure people were going up, I feel like it was, um, it was a good energizing night to kick off the conference. And um, the MC for Heritage Tea House, Ariana Whitley, She's mm-hmm. So Wavy, was really good. I was glad she was able to come out and do that because I she really changed the energy of that room. And then Hala's performance at Springbox was mm-hmm. a delight, too. Mm-hmm. You want to talk any about the name change from Culture Night to Kinship Oh, yeah. Night? We, so Freed Minds originally called it Culture Night. And um, when, we, when they asked us to, when they asked um, Youth Rock to host it, we were like, mm, sh- Culture Night, that's like, there's, yeah, we didn't want to call it Culture Night, so we decided that to fit into the theme of our research and to fit into the theme, I think overall, that what Freed Minds focuses on is kinship connections and um, fostering relationships that are beyond the biological. Mm, 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 mm. Right? Much love. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say my favorite memory so far was yesterday at the Rad PD. Um, I led a session with Ava Garcia and Ryan Odo, two people that I um, went to school with, and one of them was my teacher. And I was super nervous and like scared to do it because I wasn't sure how people were gonna like feel about our information and if they were just gonna be receptive and listen. And it was surprising but also not surprising how welcoming and loving everybody in the space was and made me feel really comfortable sharing my ideas and that like fear of talking and fear of sharing my ideas that I felt when I was in high school and elementary school was just gone and it has been today as well Mm -hmm. and it was like I guess the memory is the confidence that I felt in that space because of the people that were there even though I didn't know them. And it was kind of like what Shaughnessy was saying about kinship. It was like I was feeling that even though I hadn't had a lot of time to like establish real relationships with everybody. So that was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Okay, one last question, okay? Okay, so in the spirit of Free Minds, Free People, or a principle of Free Minds, Free People is that 
we don't make excuses, we make improvements. And that what uh, Bettina Love was reminding us is, and what Amina, you were reminding us, and a lot of the other folks who um, are in the space are reminding us is that the much of the work that we have to do is the work that we have to do to change and remove blind spots within ourselves, yes. right? Mm-hmm. To make more space for, mm-hmm. um, and pathways, you know, for liberation to really be actualized. Um, so what does the free minds free community need to do to continue to work on not reproducing injustice and be a real space for true healing to happen? I feel like I can't speak on this too much because I'm very new to the community and everything. And this is, I've only been here for a few hours, but having, um, and I'm not sure if these exist already, so correct me if I'm wrong, but having physical spaces that are dedicated to like, just calming and restful energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Also because I've like, I've been seeing a lot of the people that are organizing say like, oh, we've been organizing so much and it's like, it feels mm-hmm. like the people that have been doing a lot of that background work don't have the time to like exist and enjoy the space that they have cultivated. And so I just think having spaces of calm and just of, I don't know if it would be like meditative or something like that, having those spaces I think would be really helpful. When the, um, when the students in the Twin Cities organized um, to start the Racial Justice Days, um, in 2016, after attending like social justice ed fairs, um, they added healing rooms um, into the maps for those days. And they also had an activist space that they named for the activists were, and the students um, and the organizers and the community folks who were coming in to teach. And those spaces were filled with such like love and loudness and music and food and um and yeah i'm so i'm so glad you said that amina because it's just such a good idea it made me think about jonathan we said i wonder what we could gift Mm -hmm. to the next free minds like is there Mm -hmm. something from what we've learned here that we could say hey we got you we'll do this (laughs) on the next round Mm -hmm. it's a good idea um i'm really thinking about accessibility Mm. um because I remember another time um, in the Baltimore Freed Mines, we were waiting for the buses and we were next to uh. a man who was in a wheelchair and he was talking about how you, he rates Baltimore overall for accessibility as, I think he said a three out of a 10 scale. And like, I was just thinking about like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Minneapolis has better accessibility compared to Baltimore and that, um, but to really, when planning and picking these cities to really think about how well and how Mm -hmm. accessible these cities are for people who need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any final words? We got to give a shout out to our group members that aren't here. Victoria, Jayla, Keem, Grace, Isha, Savannah. Am I missing anybody? Janashka. New members. Mm -hmm. Lola. And future, yeah, and future members. Oh, yeah, and future members. Zania. Zania. Ricky. Uh, Ari. Mm-hmm. And you guys can follow us on Instagram at youthrockmn. Yeah. At U-M-N. Youth, Youth Rock. Rock. Yeah. Back Twitter, too. <laughs> Peace and love. Thank you, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to Free Minds, Free People podcast. Be sure to check us out next month. Please follow us on social media at Free Minds, Free People. Hi, folks. This is Brian from the podcast team. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That would help us an awful lot. Stay free.
The FMFP podcast is brought to you by our volunteer team from across the country. Sofia Eck, Samson Wood Phillips, Renee Lee, MK Wynn, Mariana Ramirez, Kendra Pelo Joaquin, Brian Ford, and Viva Fulon.